Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Otter Fishing with me, Trevor Topfer. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Otter Fishing. I'm here today with uh, all round legend and uh, one of my favorite people, Mr. Pat McPhee. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. How are you? Kia Trevor. I'm good, brother. How are you? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's another day in lockdown. I think we're at about 107 or something now. So, uh, yeah. Oh, 107. Let's 107. go, mate. Bring on another 107. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. 214. 214. 214. 214 you like or bust. <laughs> you never know, bro. The old Omnicron Transformer might turn up and then next minute. Next minute. Yeah, traffic lights turn into uh, level four, level three again. <laughs> yeah, uh, trying to decipher what the hell is going on at any given time is just a mystery. I figure just wear a mask and stay inside, right? <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, I don't know. I pay people to tell me what's going on, so that's all good. As long <laughs> as their information is good, I'm good. If they're a bit dodgy, then, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah, well, how do you get good information anymore? Who do you trust? uh hopefully the pe- the people that are in your employ <laughs> um or, or, or your mum or your wife but yeah i don't know i go to my mum for for advice and uh and and she just says just wear a mask dear you know stay inside eat well there's no uh there's no real beacons of fortitude but i think it's probably the same as the government metric in terms of advice so you know Mom. Yeah, I trust my mum. Yeah, my mum. Well, actually, my mum works at the works at the hospital at the Waikato Hospital, right? And so she she's front line on all of this stuff. And um, you know, they've seen an uptick, and obviously they were uh, managed to stay out of it for a little while with mm-hmm. with um, no cases outside of Auckland there. But then once it hit Raglan, and then it started going through the broader Waikato, and now um, their uh, their wards are definitely filling up, and there's a a lot of stress on that frontline workforce in the hospitals and everywhere else actually where they're you know exposed to people that that have covid uh, going through the process of getting better um there's a lot of risks so it's a it's a stressful job so yeah bear some consideration while we have a little bit of a joke about it but there are yeah, people yeah, sure. that are they're, they're keeping us um safe and you know doing that at the risk of their own health so totally. big ups to those people and uh, and they've been doing it for a while right like it's 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 beyond the point of just this is something that we've got to you know chin up and, and and run with and get through it. It's now this is our new world. Like this is every day at my job, and I didn't you know maybe I didn't sign up for this or it was uh, it, it's huge. I imagine there's a lot of um, a lot of blowback through the healthcare system from the from the people who are on the front line, not just the the patients that are coming through and the stress on the the limited resources. I know I was reading about New Zealand's only got something like twenty six uh icu beds you can fact check that i'm not saying that that is correct mm. but fact check me if you mm. want to but you know we we don't have a lot of uh of reserve benches mate for for this situation so no we don't so it's a bit of a worry but um yeah i mean we're kind of on the front line of that interface with small business mm-hmm. and uh i can tell you categorically it has been very rough for them mm. and um you know their story hasn't been told yet and uh, I don't think we've seen the full blowback of um, the impact of COVID um, and this Delta strain on the small business economy yet. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, stay tuned for more miserable news on that front. Uh, I 100% agree. I think uh, we're in a little bit of a inflation bubble, right? Like filing cash into the system, propping everybody up with a bit of government subsidy, plummeting us into enormous amounts of debt and not really providing a long-term sustainable outcome from all of that. It's really just a Band-Aid, right, that, that at some point is going to have to get ripped off. And, uh... It's Band-Aid and there doesn't seem to be a plan. There doesn't seem to be a plan for for small business. Um, you know, the health imperative is being um, put first. Um, you know, the subsidies, the resurgence payments, all those types of things are... Um, for most businesses and in, in our experience, um, something akin to nearly, um, but most likely not providing life support. Um, you know, we, we, our organization, we're obviously privately owned and operated and over at Monarchy and we've, we've given away $80,000 of our own cash mm-hmm. um, in the form of small business grants um, uh, over the last 12 months. What's and we have an application. Right? How many 80,000 maybe we've had um 
I'd say close to 5,000 applicants. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it was interesting because that period of time kind of, it spans the, um, you know, coming out of the coming out of the first lockdown, kind of into what was this, what we thought was a recovery and then back into um, uh, this Delta lockdown. And it kind of went from, we actually did the first, the first Monarchy U grant on the back end of the of the first lockdown, um, you know, with our own cash, and that was just right at the end of that. And so <clears throat> there was actually a lot of optimism around about okay, we're out, mm -hmm. and you know, team of five million or, or whatever it is, and, and we okay. made it. Mm -hmm. And then there was a lot of focus on recovery, and there was optimism, but there was obviously, um, you know, a few businesses that failed at that time. And then when we went back into that snap Delta lockdown is it became evident in the first couple of weeks that um, we were in for the long haul. Um, we decided to pull forward our um, our remaining grant that we had in play with uh, Kiwi Bank as partners. We pulled it forward. We got about 500 applications in the, in the course of a week. And um, I'm going to say, bro, like maybe 75% or 80% of them were just desperate pleas for help. Mm -hmm. because nobody had actually recovered yet mm -hmm. like the the economic small business economic recovery had not happened people uh -huh. were just getting back to zero mm -hmm. and then the second lockdown came and no um, cash reserves left nothing left in the bank i know people that dude you know, and, it the and it was the hardest thing to also totally and it was the hardest thing to to read those applications because they were you know they were nothing short of desperate pleas for help and uh, it was interesting because it started off optimistic then there were all this all this recovery and we ran our grants grants through the recovery period and they were like you know there was there was optimism and recovery in it but then the second lockdown just desperation hmm. pure and utter desperation yeah and so that's why we worry about you know just what's around the corner hmm. yeah it's going to be a weird one i think about it a lot um you know people that have been in a business that's been perfectly functioning and for no fault of their own. They have mismanaged the business. They've not embezzled money or developed a drug habit or a gambling problem or any of that sort of shit. It's just yeah. out of completely out of control and your perfectly good business is now with a pinch of shit and there's nothing you can really do about it. It's just such a devastating situation. And like I know Auckland's probably copped a brunt of it in New Zealand, but I know a lot of other cities around the world and some of the people that I speak to in some of those cities, and, and, and it's the same situation for them as well. So, you know, if it's, if it's going to hit us, it's going to hit the world, which is going to hit us again, you know. So there's going to be this this sort of double impact, I think, as the as the world comes out of this, if we even come out of it. As you say, the uh, the Omnicrom transformer comes and, and, and just when you thought you, you'd had your jabs and you were good to go, sorry mate here i come again you know um yeah and how do you deal with that like as a as a business owner like you know how do you how do you process that because mm -hmm. for so many of the small businesses that we're talking about particularly here in aotearoa you know there's four hundred thousand plus that are sole traders sole mm -hmm. traders are um you know essentially people that are in business for very personal reasons very personal reasons and it's about self-determination and it's about lifestyle and it's about all of those things, you know what I mean? Um, yep. For the majority of them. And so, you know, to have that independence and that ability to be able to self-determine stripped away from you, in addition to, you know, always part of, um, you know, just not being able to operate because of this thing that's completely outside of your control mm. um, is a complete mind fuck. That's it. You know? That's the bit that I was kind of getting to. Yeah, you nailed it for me. It's uh, it's how do you process that? How do you, as a as a perfectly successful, good choice making, you know, uh, law abiding, tax paying fucking business leader in the community, suddenly you're just all of that stuff that you probably placed your 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 personal value and your you know your your self esteem and all of those sorts of qualities placed on that that measure of who you are, and then suddenly for no fault of your own that's now gone you know i i think yeah I, I i think about this a lot to be fair what are the mm. not only the financial impacts but what are the deeper ones that are that are already starting to bubble up and we're starting to see some uh, some stuff surface right there's been some some reasonably public things recent uh, you know in the media 
uh, lately. And um, yeah, I, think, I, I fear there's more to come. I don't want to try and spend too much of our time here today. Uh, you know, rem- that wasn't even the talk. Well, we were just, yeah. we, were just we were just chatting. <laughs> kind of went down a bit. Welcome of a to the to the not talk talk. Yeah, not but talk, I mean, talk to open the talk. Well, I guess a part of this thing is about you know trying to help small businesses. I mean, what we're we're both into this, right? And and and, and me to a far lesser extent than than the impact you've had. But the whole purpose, I guess, of this podcast and and, and the conversations we want to have on here is how do we how do we find ways to help and support these businesses? How do we how do we table these sorts of conversations and and uh, and hopefully you know learn from people like yourself who are you know navigating these sorts of things as well, but uh, coming from an area where you've got a lot more experience and insight into how you might handle something like this. Um, so I'm really keen to uh, uh, to dive in deeper, Pat. I want to I'd love to learn more about you know. We, could, we might we may get to the zero stuff, but we can probably park that. It's more about Indigo came in, lockdown hit, and suddenly you had to completely pivot and rethink. And you came up with some 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 pretty successful um, ideas, and that, that generated a lot of speed. Can you can you talk us through that? Yeah, um, just like most people that are listening to this potty and and having to watch wherever you are. What's up? What's subscribe. Up? Hit subscribe. Like. Push the button. Notifications on. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. um, we were fortunate, more fortunate than most, but not really fortunate that we had a few international clients um, beginning of sort of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so as the rest of the world started to shut down, we knew that a lockdown was imminent and mm-hmm. we were just trying to pick it. Um, and, you know, we got signals um, increasingly kind of in February as some of our US-based clients started to park their projects. And then then Aussie started to park projects. And, and mm-hmm. then we figured we were, you know, a week or two away from a lockdown in New Zealand. At that time, we had all but <laughs> one of our clients park, park their work. And it just happened that the client that we had remaining was our smallest client. Um, but God bless you. I don't want to shut them out here. They, you know they might want to know. Yeah, yeah. You know who you are. Yeah, you legend. And, and so it's a it's a bit of a weird it's a bit of a weird story, mate. But um, mm. when you like, I've had a front row seat on a on a couple of disasters, and kind of I don't know had a morbid curiosity about when um, massive global impacting events happen, mm-hmm. um, whether it was the terrorist attacks of nine eleven or um you know being in canterbury being in christchurch and the big earthquake in in feb 2011 2010, 2011 um and in the midst of that and actually i was supposed to be i was supposed to leave new zealand and then go to japan and i don't know if you remember but i was going to go to japan with the all whites because they were a client and mm-hmm. it was like a week or two after the canterbury earthquake that the tsunamis happened in japan and um i don't know like how I became calamity pat and disaster was kind of following me around, but I did have to take notice because I was like, "Is there something after me?" Um, but, the whole you know, bunch the of witches are doing uh, are doing their rituals right now, mate. They're walking around in circles. They're switching vibes come down the screen. Yeah, <laughs> but I did pay a really keen interest in the dissemin- dissemination of information in the midst of crisis. Mm. and the types of initiatives that emerge from that and how there is never enough information, high quality information and data to satisfy the very urgent needs of um, particular groups and communities. And because we were, or I, was, I came from zero, a new small business, we had a couple of small business clients. Um, our hypothesis was that, um, you know what, New Zealand's about to shut down. And when it does, there's gonna be a whole bunch of questions that small businesses will have that they've never had before Mm. and even the government's not going to know the answer to these questions and uh business journalists aren't going to know the answers to the questions in actuality the the people that are probably best positioned to help small businesses navigate the space is other business people other Mm. business people that have faced some serious challenges in their lifetime and come out and learn from those experiences. Mm-hmm. And so um, Andy Hamilton um, had begun hanging out with us. And in the course of an afternoon, we said, okay, our, our services business is essentially fucked. Um, we have to pivot. And this is what I think we do. Mm-hmm. We'll create a forum. Um, and the next week we'll create a brand 
and will be the place that small businesses come to to get their answers. Yeah. And so, you know, we immediately, like a lot of businesses, cut as many expenses as we could, our fixed expenses, you know, got them down, um, you know, got out of our of our lease, think, thanks to a, a really cool landlord and uh, battened down the hatches and then just started sprinting from a week out to, to launch this forum for small business. Mm-hmm. And we were um, very purposeful about um, the brand being Monarchy because um, our hypothesis was that, you know, the normal system would fail um, to provide all the answers to the questions. And what we relied on was the kindness of other people that had been down the road and faced calamitous situations in business. And so mm-hmm. it was all about our advisors who were going to Monarchy small business and provide them with the help and the support. Yeah. And for a period of time, put their own interests ahead of their own. Uh, that the, the small business community is interested ahead of their own. And so we sprint, we sprinted like hell, we got this site up, we launched this brand uh, and um, you know, we used all our influencer contacts. We've got some pretty cool business partners in the background you know, with Monty Beetham and Nadi Severe and Roger Tuivasa-Shek and we had Dylan Belcher working with us at the time. And so we had a lot of really cool humans that just helped us hack social media for our message. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we heroed um, the advisors by giving them their own little red monarchy tile that yep. had a quote about why small business is, is, uh, is important. And if you were anywhere near LinkedIn in the first sort of three weeks of the lockdown, you would have seen that whole thing in New Zealand turn red mm-hmm. just with tiles yeah, yeah. of yeah, small businesses uh, advisors. I was like, he's pat on a, yeah. one of his rampages as he just, you know, locked in a corner somewhere churning out content <laughs> like that. <laughs> like a man well, here's the thing, mate. Like, we we were doing that. Our team was doing that because as a leadership group, we said, look, we don't know how any of this is going to turn out. But, you know, we're hearing and we're seeing this data about people cutting staff and, like, here's, here's our goal. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to provide the service to the community and that in doing so, hopefully, we got three months worth of cash. We're gonna pay our staff mm-hmm. full wage. I'm gonna pay them full wages. And then in three months time, we're either kaput, we're gone burgers, or we've found the money to continue to pay our staff their full wages through this whole thing. That was our only objective. Mm. And thankfully, we had some incredible supporters in the form of NZTE step up early, Auckland Unlimited. You know, we we won some pitches. We brought on a credible commercial partner in two degrees. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, come three months, um, you know, well, actually, it was like sort of maybe eight weeks in. Um, we had enough runway to get us through the next three months, and, and we were cool. And and so what happened is a combination of all those things, and you know, I've got to shout out to the IAB and all those platforms that are a part a part of that that came in and supported us, and you know, enabled us to create massive campaigns like the Love Letter. It had like notable New Zealanders from every you know walk of life just shouting it out for small business. TVNZ gave us a bunch of airtime, and what that um, all added up to, bro, was a movement, and it's a movement that oh, um, serviced that- over. Our, 120,000 small businesses in the 12 months from March the 20th, March the 25th, 2020. Was that the, my memory's a bit patchy on this, but I remember there was a Facebook group about supporting local business that blew up. And then was that the, the, what en- ended up becoming choice as a platform? Or was yeah, it, it was. To that? Yeah. yeah. Well, we got into, so once Monarchy was hitting, um, you know, we looked around to see who else shared values like us and who else was out there doing their best for small business. And um, we came across the the New Zealand Made Products Facebook group um, mm-hmm. that Sarah Colcord set up. That's and, right. um, you know, we got to talking, you know, uh, she's got her Samoan heritage and Monster Samoan and I'm Māori and just like we're serving these communities and we thought like there's naturally something that we can do here together. And so we pulled our resource, we got behind the group, put a massive content production strategy behind it, started pumping out thousands and thousands of posts every month, build an e-commerce website. And, you know, um, a year in, that business had turned over close to $2 million in revenue for New Zealand small businesses. Um, so uh, just a, another incredible outcome. Amazing. Um, but again, just l- leveraging those principles of, 
of brand, um, you know, brand that resonates and speaks to the to the heart of um, New Zealanders mm -hmm. um, through a lens that they can understand and that we can all relate to. Um, and then, you know, leveraging the power of, of creators and influence um, to amplify that message in a really authentic way that, that brings everybody on the journey. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the operational systems and procedures to enable um, content creation, to enable e-commerce, to enable connection at scale. Um, then in turn, that enables the types of business models of platforms of scale. And mm -hmm. so there's soft and there's hard in all of that, uh, soft skills and hard skills in all of that. And um, I guess that's what we have now um, made our calling card and the way that we um, bring together initiatives to um, speak to the heart of the matter, speak to the heart of the person, relate to them, and then you know hopefully bring them on the journey that they need to to get to um, whatever that very personal version of success is that they're after, mm -hmm. you know, more time, more family, whatever it tools, is. Tools, right, to, to make it possible rather than giving them a clear cut route or a, or a defined kind of well, I think like it's it's um it's an interesting one bro because I think you know we'd like to think that that's it's just about giving them the tools but um you know what we've learned is that uh, you know we've seen people thrive inside of frameworks and systems that you know take all the ambiguity out of like the thing that you should do and just you know, lays out a, a path that's very plain, that's based on the best available data to us at that point in time, and um, leads them in a direction that's based on fact and data and assumptions and validating those assumptions at each stage that gets you closer to the ultimate version of the truth that enables your business to succeed and to thrive. And, um, you know, there is there is that, like with our current community, our Monarchy community, there's that, there's that aspect of the community where you know, now there's 5,000 odd small businesses in there and they're all just all connecting to each other and connecting to advisors. Um, we still know that, you know, our digital doers program, which is about building capability um, of individuals at risk of being left behind by technology so that they can become the implementers in the small businesses, uh, mm -hmm. digital transformation, that requires a program. And we know now that every small business that's coming in for a grant has two or three really high priority problems that they're trying to overcome and a couple of opportunities that are on their plate that they actually need a structure and good advice and really great execution to take advantage of and to solve for those problems. And so it is a bit of soft, but I think, mm -hmm. you know, increasingly the structure, the biggest ask we have on our Monarchy platform is for mentorship, um, which is really interesting. But I think that that structure enables people to have freedom inside that structure and go faster because right. they just know the rules of the game and what they need to do. And, and I really believe the fast eat the slow. Yeah, and they're not burning time learning things that, uh, you know, you, you sort of put the rails in place, right, so they can't kind of fall off the sides and, and end up in unnecessary. Yeah, go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. End up buying a $10,000 NFT, whatever. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary slope, right? It's so addictive, that shit. I... I, I didn't have a clue about NFTs two months ago, and now I'm like, it's a daily thing for me to, to be looking at it, following what I'm up to, and buying stuff that I shouldn't be buying, and I'm not understanding why I'm buying it. And but uh, yeah, it's a crazy world. But yeah. the, the, this is it, man. This is Web three. It's happening. Like I was there when oh. Web two was happening, like yeah, me too. 2008 or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. You know, Google acquired YouTube, and boom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And MySpace. Uh, it's a it's a land grab right now. Yeah, like. The metaverse is being built it's almost like a real estate play isn't it you know you're sort of claiming your piece of the metaverse that and the earlier you kind of get in it feels like the, the, the cheaper that real estate's going to be um as more and more people kind of try and get involved with it it's it's, it's a really fascinating area but yeah web 3.0 is coming yeah. we're all going to go there there's it's not a question of if it's just it's, it's happening you know yeah, but you know what? The, if you think about it, for small businesses, bro, they haven't even got a, they just haven't even got a hold of Web two. Hmm. And if you think of like, say, we've had what was that, two thousand and seven? So was that 13, 14 years, fourteen years ago or so? You know, and think about how far we've come and how quickly that happened. And um, you know, the rate of technological advancement is only increasing; it's not slowing down. Yeah, yeah. So you know, probably the the next big platforms the next big plays and meta 
um, are going to evolve and emerge in the next three and a bit years. And so when you think about the digital divide and the people that are currently on the wrong side of the divide, Mm -hmm. we haven't got the fundamental things to operate in the web two world Mm. in the browser application world. Then like the the digital divide is not going to become a a divide, bro. It's going to become a uncrossable chasm. Yeah, totally. And we will have the digital haves and the digital have-nots, the meta-haves and the digital have-nots. from the digital digital evolution, right? But you think that's so fucking important because it's not just about, you know, accessing platforms. It's about delivery of education. It's about delivery of healthcare. Health services. Delivery of social services. Everything, mate. Everything. everything. Yeah, everything changes. Is government talking about this? Are they even thinking about the impact. I mean, Facebook came out and went, the meta, you notice they didn't come out and try and sell anything. They weren't selling a fucking headset. They weren't selling a, a set of goggles. They just came out and said, this is going to be fun. I'm, I, I think they're ready to roll it out. They've built a huge piece of it that's, that's operable. And they're oh, dude, absolutely. Just, oh, totally. Right? You know, like, you know, they had this in mind as soon as they made that acquisition of Oculus and they got a, their head around the space and ago. how it was... Bro, they are, bro. The richest one they of the know. companies in the world with probably the most developers of any business in the world. And they've had a decade with VR technology and done nothing. Fuck, mate. And then yeah, they, here we are. It's going to be fun. Brace yourselves because here it comes. Dude, you know? but, you know, like we need 5G actually, really, to That's like, you know, freely enable about. AR and, and, and VR. But so 5G's here. Mm. So, like, the timing, you know, all things. All things are about to drop, dude. And um, and you're like, totally really um, like some of the conversations I've already had with the, the you know my involvement with the the digital doers so far, which has been very small but very eye opening. Is you're right. There's a huge you know these guys are are freaking out about setting up a Facebook Pixel, and I'm and I'm thinking, fuck, you guys have got to get, you've got to get this. If you don't understand this part it's like it's almost like not knowing how to use a phone right like picking up a, a mobile totally phone dude and not going but here's the thing like you know everybody's our, using it our, our um our good humans on that course um you know they're on there to build that level of digital capability and get across the divide but they're you know a good chunk of them are also from you know what a, a lot of people are, go that you know, those are the lower runs of the socioeconomic ladder right mm-hmm. and so um you know that level of understanding is symptomatic of the level of access they have to that technology at that mm-hmm. level in the socio socioeconomic ladder, right? Yeah. And so they're they're representative. They're a small sample of a much larger group that are at risk of as technology speeds up and the divide increases. It's going to exacerbate all of those um, current socioeconomic problems that they already face. Mm-hmm. That's what we don't get. That's mm-hmm. like this, like. It's not can I get fucking signal in the Kaimais. That's not yeah. that's not what it's about. No. Or or have I got any lag on my fucking Call of Duty, you know, experience? Yeah. It's not oh, yeah. It's uh How's yeah. my ping on my Fortnite? <laughs> it's far more fundamental than that. It's far more fundamental than that. And you know, if there's a part of society that doesn't like the dependence that those uh, that, that group of people has on government government services um then you know they need to be just as active in support of those people to help bring them up to speed in this new and emerging world mm-hmm. uh, as the people that have the fiduciary responsibility the government responsibility like we got to stop get like we're just so intoxicated with ourselves as mini gods mm-hmm. You know, right. we just like so, like our egos are out of control. Yeah, it's just, you know, and it's it's just it's a house crazy, of cards to me, or, a, or or maybe it's a it's just a shiny light that we all can't stop staring at. But it just feels like the that that entire uh, ecosystem has been neglected because, and you know, I, I look at something as simple like a, sim, a symptom like Facebook Ad Manager as a tool, right? This is the 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 I don't know if if it earns more than Google. I don't follow their fucking p l statements that closely but it earns a shit ton of ad revenue and they've got the best computer programmers on the face of the earth working for them and facebook ad manager yeah. is a piece of shit software 
It's buggy. It's clunky. It's fucking confusing. It's horrible to use. How are they? And it has been for ages and it feels like they don't give a shit. They've got something else. You know, everybody's spending money on Facebook ads because if you're a small business, it's really the only advertising stream that you've kind of got is is, is maybe not just Facebook, but social media is your, is your, is your uh, front line in terms of marketing. And it just, I think there's also that, um, something else going on that's, that's coming. That's got, yeah, but there's also that aspect of, um, technical debt, you know, technical debt that you create in platform companies when you, um, you know, cut corners or, um, you know, in, in pursuit of iterate and learn, and you know go again implement and iterate and learn and go again um that doesn't come without technical debt Mm. and you know and a lot of times in the development of big platform plays you end up with massive potholes of technical debt inside of specific products ad manager is probably one of those Mm. it just it's always made me think you know if this was my primary interface that was generating me most of my revenue surely this would be where my attention would be making sure it's as seamless and easy and as, you know, as efficient and as you know, enjoyable to use as possible. Yeah. But like the AdWords creator is not a lot more beautiful, bro. Like that's, yeah. That's an ugly freaking thing as well. Yeah. And, and at least Google has, uh, you know, AdWords for beginners, you know, they've got that step-by-step click here, fill in something here, click next, put your credit card in here, click next. And they, and, and they've got the, AI-driven kind of responsive ad stuff that, that that really just makes it dead easy for people to get some search ads running, right? If you have some idea about what people might be ter- typing in to get to know your business, you can probably get some search ads launched. But figuring out how to target people on Facebook properly and to learn whether or not your ads are actually performing well, like that's way beyond. Yeah. You talk about a digital divide. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just way beyond a small business's capability. Another so good example. Go, oh, I've got to get someone Another to good do example. This you know, and then it's then it becomes just another cost. So I, I'm damned if I do, and I'm damned if I don't. And they end up in this this place we're talking about, where that divide just keeps you know growing around them, right? So yeah, enter Otterfish. Hey, well, enter Monarchy. <laughs> I think Monarchy's. I mean, Otterfish is Otterfish is a tool, right? It's 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 a tool that makes doing that stuff easy, and I, I I'm really into it because it, it will help small businesses actually get in the game, right? All those little businesses out there that don't know how to do Facebook ads and want to be able to do them because they need to be doing them, they can do it with with Otterfish. It's very, very easy. But to me, the play is monarchy. It's about plugging that gap. That's why I'm I'm so into what you guys are doing. You know, it's, it's it really is a, a remarkable undertaking. I don't know if it just fell in your lap. It sounds like it was a bit of strategic thinking and a little bit of, um, you know, getting a community behind a, a mission that's kind of driven that. Mm. But what I see you're building is what our government should be doing. Like I look at education. I got. I, I know you've got a, a couple of kids that are nearing the same sort of age. I've got a 15-year-old son, so he's in those final years of high school. And trying to keep him engaged with high school is a fucking chore. He knows, man. He's mm. plugged in. He knows that he's not going to go to uni. University degree to him is not on his plan. He just doesn't see any value in it, you know? And I think that there's this... Yeah, these symptoms that are flowing through, <laughs> and uh, yeah. no, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right, bro. I mean, we whether it was luck, you know, whether it was purposeful, whether it was a combination of those things, where we found ourselves with the initial work that we've done, is um, in a place where we can get a really in-depth understanding of. Um, you know, the real moment-to-moment challenges that businesses face at a, at a huge amount of scale now, you know, and we have the, the data in the back end and the analytics to, to really understand what we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. And that's helped form our view on where the gaps are. Mm. And, you know, I mean, barring a, a, a major um, catastrophe that um, knocks out a leak, Electricity and perpetuity, uh, you know, digital's going to persist, mm-hmm. right? And so, really, our thinking is around if, if digital is now central to our lives, um, and our mission is to, you know, help businesses to take advantage of that. Um, if we're doing that well, you know, what are the other adjacent opportunities for us? 
that we should be looking at where we can help to address some of the other inequities that we see mm. in in life that um, you know we can make a difference in by leveraging you know this um, community and this insight and this connection that we have and with some good design thinking um, you know now I think we've really narrowed our mission down um, to something that we think um, we can you know really scale but that in scaling that because you know so often scale is associated with profit and we want to be profitable but you know just not profitable for the sake of profitability okay. it's like i don't mind being profitable in 12 years time and being and being you know recording a loss until then but it's about impact mm. and so as we've looked at the data and we've gone say for example this is one pathway right we saw the data come in early around businesses just needing help with everything digital this is march april 2020 mm -hmm. and then eventually in about april may the media started talking about digital capability and then the government got onto it by the time they were onto it in may june we had already seen the next problem and the next problem was like i don't have time to learn all this stuff mm. i just need somebody that can do it and based on that insight we thought what a fantastic opportunity to help all those New Zealanders that just lost their freaking jobs yep. or that need side hustles mm -hmm. that could come in and be the digital capability that these businesses need. Mm -hmm. So we went to the Ministry of Social Development, Amanda Nickel, there's a wonderful lady, she's quite visionary mm -hmm. in there and people don't give, you know, some of those people that work inside of government agencies the credit and she saw it. And she goes, this is a fantastic opportunity for us to take job seekers because Job seekers don't look like what they look like before. No, jobs don't look like what that. And what about in 10 years' time or five years' time when jobs change again? Totally. Like I'm looking at this going, totally. I, could, I could become an NFT fucking hedge fund. You know, like that's yeah. a that's a job now. That didn't exist even a yeah, year it ago. Totally like, is. It's all this it shit totally coming is. through. Like all this. Start your Dow, Trev. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Start my Dow. Yeah. But, but do you so, know what I mean? So like, Amanda it, saw it. Yeah, Amanda saw it. And then she said, okay, we'll support a pilot. And so what we did was we developed the curriculum. We got all the best people that we knew to help us develop this first pilot curriculum. Mm -hmm. And we looked at all the areas of capability that we saw in our data. And we just built a curriculum that could take anybody with a entry level knowledge of how to get around your cell phone and use, you know, the basic apps to actually a fundamental level of understanding across a whole bunch of digital disciplines that would enable them to go in to a business and nail a specific project for that business. And we called that program the Digital Doers. And so we set up the program. It was a 12-week program and then uh, MSD funded an eight-week internship. And man, we had 25 people on. Um, we had I think 22 or 23 com people completed. And then we had like 18 of those people go into full-time, the equivalent to full-time employment. Now we're talking about people that were on the benefit, right? Good humans yeah. receiving the benefit because they had to, to support their families that went from getting 28,000 bucks to getting 58,000 bucks. Mm -hmm. Now, when you think about, you know, we had like 75% Maori and Pacifica in those programs, one person in their households, which are larger extended households. And so they had a little bit of money supporting a lot of people. One person doubled their income in that household. All the data Which tells us when you double household people. income into those families, everything, all the other metrics go up. Mm. So all of a sudden we had these people that are on the wrong side of the digital divide. Now they're on the right side of the digital divide and they've gone from being unemployed to being digital generalists that can go into any other area of digital. Now they have this foundational level of skill. They doubled the level of income that they were earning and all those small businesses that said, oh, I can't do this digital shit. Got someone. Now they've got a doer to go in and do it. And then they've got you're talking about, you know, make their value, right? And then they're, they're on. 20 weeks, bro. 20 weeks and people are just flipping their lives. Mm -hmm. And they got jobs now that, you know, in careers that are Amazing, future relevant bro. and industries that are future relevant. And that's how, but that's how digital doers happen. But then we saw all of that and we go, holy shit, that's a whole uplift pillar of our business. That is just all about getting people that are on the bottom end of the socioeconomic ladder on the wrong side of the digital divide. And we're just getting them across. Mm -hmm. We're just all getting them across and giving them better lives. That's a, that's a pillar of our business now. Yeah. Pillar one, done. Mm -hmm. And that's a social impact thing, right? That's an all of New Zealand thing. That's not a small business thing. It has flow yeah. on to small business, and it's but it's just a New Zealand thing. People all over the country tuned in. Like I, 
I was facilitating one of the one of the lessons yesterday, and there was I think about seventy five or something people in the in the group, and they're all over the country. You know, they don't have to physically totally. be somewhere. They don't have to. There's no there's no rules. If you've got an internet connection and a, a basic laptop, you're in. You know, that's the tools you need to do the job. Yeah, totally. Amazing. And so that's how it's just that's how it's happened for us, bro. Mm. That's how it's happened for us, and we've just taken the data that we've seen. We've designed the solution to the problem. Um, it's just really fundamental stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But we've done it in a manner that, um, you know, we 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 put impact first, and I think that when you do that, um, you know, scale and all of those other things follow. It took you know, took Zero a long time to become profitable business. It could have come. It could have done it earlier, but they invested in growth. They invested in the long term view to be the platform, uh, you know, of record for small business transaction. Mm-hmm. Well, we're like we hope to do the same. And we'll start in indigenous communities globally, and then we'll spread out into smaller business and then the whole small business space, a small business community of scale. Awesome, mate. Awesome. Uh, look, as I said, I think it's amazing work what you're doing. I'm, I'm stoked that I can be in a little bit of a way involved. And uh, and Thank you. We appreciate everyone that monarchies our efforts, bro. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's the sort of project that it's easy to get behind and see the value of, right? It's a no-brainer. Um, and for you and Andy, I hope Andy, you're coming on the podcast, mate. We'll see you soon. Um, Get him on in. Come on, Hammy, Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Andy. Last thing before we wrap it up. So we talked a fair bit about having a mission or or, or, a, or a goal or a clear objective in your head, and rallying yeah. uh, sort of community or, or or people around that idea, and then yeah. um, using the data to try and understand what that what's happening and, and, and how to make decisions going forward. Would they be your top three things for a small business to think about as well? Or do you have something else? What, like you're seeing this front line of people who are, have, have had the rug pulled out from under them. They're facing challenges they never even had to think about two years ago. Uh, what are the three things that you think a small business should be thinking about right now? I mean, facts are facts, bro. Like if you're in shit street and it doesn't look like she's getting any better, quit while you can take what you've got you know just lock it down man mm-hmm. don't like if, if the writing's on the wall mm-hmm. yeah don't take it any further man like you were brave to get into business in the first place now you have to be brave again and, and call it quits you know and if you're a small business you know and you know what your why is and you know for so many of them like i'd say like 95 percent of them like in their top three is like their family in mm-hmm. some way shape or form well, you know, really consider your family and the future of your family. And if the writing's on the wall, y'all, don't go down with the ship, man. Mm-hmm. Don't go down with the ship. You know, make the hard call. Do the hard yards as you're accustomed to do because you've built this, you know, you galvanized your spine with all this work that you've done. And, and so you can deal with this. Mm-hmm. You, you got it. Make the hard call that you have to make and then um, pull up sticks and you can go again. Like, this failure, if that's what you face, it does not define you. And with all it will change, just refine right? you. All this change yeah. is happening. There's going to be opportunities that none of us have even fucking considered yet that are going to come out of left field. So, you know, you can put yourself into a position to take advantage totally. of something that you, you don't even know is coming. It will hurt too. It'll it'll hurt and it'll break you. And, and we know that and you'll need time to heal. Mm-hmm. And that's all natural part of the process. Um yeah. All right. Number two. And, and don't go down. People one, love you, man. People love you. Don't do anything crazy. Mm. That's the most important thing, you know. Yeah, it's 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 not the core of what drives us as human beings on this planet, right? Like whether we make money or are successful in business or are employed in some way, shape, or form is not our core function yeah. as a, as a species. Like, don't forget that, you know. Yeah, don't forget core, that. But yo, yeah. so but, but the thing is, though, bro. The thing is, though, is that. Small businesses, particularly sole traders, they're not in it to make a whole bunch of money. Mm. And their business identity collapses into their personal identity as mine has, you know, myself. And so the failure of your business becomes your failure. Mm. And so you need to uncouple again. That's what I was trying to get. That's the point is, you know, that's, yeah, Yeah. uncouple it and and realize that it's a temporary thing. You know, your family, the people around you that need you, that you, that you need, these are the things that you'll still have in 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years time. So. Hundred, bro. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, we better. Second, second thing. Second thing would be cash flow is king. Mm-hmm. Always has been. <laughs> um, so you know, 
it's it's all about runway right now. Um, it's, let's be real, it's all about survival. Uh, and so cash flow is king. Mm-hmm. And so whatever you can do to minimize your expenses, maximize your cash flow, and increase your runway will keep you in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, but as you go through this whole process, um, there's a price you're going to have to pay. It might be hard work. It might be remortgaging your house if you want to do that. It might be whatever it is. Letting some people go that have been with you for five or ten years as you've grown this business from the ground up. Um, you know, those are the hard decisions that you have to make. So you're going to have to figure out what the price is. You're going to have to pay, and if you want to, then you have to pay it. Yeah. And the third thing um, is, you know, we do stand on the cusp of the next big technological revolution in Web three, and um, don't be left behind by it. You know, um, do your own research, do your own learning, but you know. I think we've passed the point in time where the um, the naysayers and the people that would, you know, mock cryptocurrency or say that it's not going to be a legitimate thing. Um, you know, I think we're, we're way past, we're way past that. Past yeah. And, you know, we've seen NFTs emerge this year as this incredible movement and this way to um, leverage community in a way that connects people directly to them to help, you know, uh, take all this intermediation out of the value chain and connect creators directly to um, their audience. So and and benefit from it long term and be on the upside of all agreements. So just don't don't miss out. Yeah. Do do your work and um, figure out what it means to you, and then you know have a go. There's some good shit coming, eh? There's lots of good shit coming. Don't miss out. Lots of good shit yeah. coming. Get on the board. I'm excited about DAOs. DAOs are super exciting for me. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm watching that space and trying to understand and how we could do because maybe Monarchy should be a DAO, hmm. right? Right now it's a privately owned enterprise, but sounds like it should be a DAO yeah. from what I can yeah. ascertain. I actually so. bought an NFT today. And honey, if you're listening to this, if you've got this far through the episode, <laughs> it was very, very cheap, I promise you. But I bought one today. What was it? <laughs> it was uh, M101. Uh, M101 Survivor. So these guys are, uh, they've got an interesting approach to their NFT community where they're, um, as a holder, you earn income as the community grows and as the trade increases. So if, uh-huh. even if the floor price doesn't go, because that's the thing at the moment, right? Everyone's just trading on floor price. They're buying, trying to buy cheap and sell high and it's like stock market. But the ones that are kind of really, that I, I'm into are the, are the guys that are thinking about this is a gateway to the metaverse. Like, what does that mean? Mm. How do we? How do? How does this technology play a role in the development and and, and the early stages of the metaverse? And the and the ones that feel like they're getting like altered state machines and fluff world uh, are, are two that are really fucking on that train, right? They're thinking about the the, the fluff itself is just the the key to the to the world that they're building, right? So that that, mm. that key is going to mm. become. And, and to me, it's not just about the value of those things because I think they are going to be astronomical. And I really think that anybody that's not considering investing in NFTs right now is a fucking idiot. Uh, it's mm-hmm. but they're just going to become these exclusive groups in the metaverse. And the more exclusive the group, the harder it will be to get into it. And in, in, people have got the opportunity to kind of understand that now and figure out, you know. What is the metaverse and how how does my life work in the metaverse? What's going to be important to me in my life here and how, how and what, what 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 am I going to carry over and what does that look like? So I think yeah, the guys that are that are that are on that train and are building the world out behind these things and, and, and adding a lot of value to it are the ones that excite me. And these guys have got an idea where, as a holder, if uh, if the community is going well and the trading of their NFTs goes well, you earn off the back of that through being a supporter, which I I kind of I see. So they're just minting today. Minting today. You can get in at the How many did you mean? I don't I can't that <clears throat> on that note, it's been great having you on the show, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> and if wifey's listening, they're <laughs> what are they eat? Are they soul or eat? 0.08 they're minting for. Yeah, 0.08. So that's about well, they're about seven hundred bucks New Zealand. <laughs> How many dementia? Yeah. I, 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 it was multiple. It was more than one. That's all I'm prepared to say at this point, Pat. But, uh, but I like those. More than they, one. they look pretty good to me, uh, and they're selling well. So, um, so yeah, see how they go. And I'm looking What's forward to all about thing, three. You, you, you flip one, you you float another, and then you keep the third. Did yeah, that's three? pretty much the idea. You want to you want to 
I think buy at least two or three. Um, if they go well, you can sell one and keep the other two and hold them and cover your money. Yeah. Uh, if they don't go so yeah. well, you can sell two and, and come out okay. So typically, it's it's a it's a decent strategy to buy a few. If you buy just one and they go really well, you'll kick yourself, right? Like you had the opportunity to buy two. If they go really well, then uh, you may like I I uh, I got on the ASM one and they've gone really well. Uh, they're that they, they've great time. Th- those guys are fucking amazing though. Uh, you know, it, for me, it's a hold. I don't think I'm going to sell anymore. I did sell one uh, just to um, realize that. What was the value it? Of it. What did you sell? Oh, we don't know what they are yet. So they haven't even done the unboxing. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a, it, theirs is a really interesting one. Um, but yeah, if you're gonna, to me, that could be a one to hold in, in ten years' time. That might be the the Bitcoin of of the NFT world, right? And it could be like you look at yeah. you look at these guys, uh, board eight guys. I mean, their floors at forty six or something, mate. You know, like that's just a buy one. You're talking, yeah. Enormous. What did the um the flu floor went up to the other day, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fluffs are fluffs have not dropped below about one point three uh, since they cracked that, and they they go up and down, but. I have a sneaky suspicion that there's more coming from those guys pretty soon. So um, I can't give away. No leads, you've, no got leads. Go and, you've got to go and uh, stalk Brooke to get the the, the uh, on those uh, ones. Uh, but yeah. Um, cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to yours coming too, mate. When uh, when you get around to finishing them off, make sure I'm involved in that. I've already seen the first couple that have come out, man. They look pretty cool. It's a big job, mate. It's a big job. I like that kid on the Mitre 10 ad. You know the ones? Yeah. Big job, mate. Big job, big mate. job. Oh, so we're going down the 3D route, bro. So it is a, it's a pretty major, major, you know? Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, if it was easy, I mean, everybody is kind of doing it at the moment, right? It's, the, it's, a, it's a wave, but it's not an easy thing to do, which kind of keeps them. Well, you can do the easy stuff easy, but the hard stuff is still hard. Mm. And there's not a lot of value in the easy stuff. So, yeah. Another hot not a lot tip. Of value for you. Another hot tip uh, is uh, Bricktopians. So, yeah, I know Bricktopians. Yeah, yeah. The floor on Bricktopians right now is way, way, way low. It, there's no way. There's there? no uh, logical reason why Bricktopians are as low as they are right now. Doesn't did they drop? They've minted already. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't minted, it hot trading, it... Um, but they're trading yeah. it at, at, at pretty close to what they would have minted for, and they've got a quarter of a million people in their community, mate. Very active, like. So those discords with like hundreds of thousands of people in them, though, you got to turn off your notification. Oh, I can't shit, take this. I turn it on, I check some shit, and then I shut it down again. It's just crazy. yeah, bro, totally hundred. Yeah. Anyway, this turned into a full geek talk. Everyone would have tuned out by now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we better wrap it up. Um, so look again, thanks, Pat. You're a fucking legend, mate. I'm, I'm proud to uh, to know you, and thanks for coming on the podcast and and, and supporting it. Appreciate it. Subscribe. Subscribe. Click the button. And this podcast is brought to you by Otterfish. Check out Otterfish. Otterfish. Let's go, Otterfish. (laughs) (laughs) All right, mate. Take care. See you. Cheers, bro. See ya.